0: The Lord is moving this morning, remain standing for just a second, I want to pray over you as we enter in to this time of, of longing for Christ and this time of praise and, and worship of Him through His Word and we're going to, we're going to, uh, to seek His face this morning and, and I want you to pray along with me, I want you to lift up your voices inside our Outside, I want you to cry out to God because I can lead as hard as I want and they can sing as loud as they want. But until your heart is longing for him, it is just us worshiping God. I want you to worship with us. I want us to worship together through word, through song, and through fellowship. Lord Jesus, I pray for every soul here from my own. God, I pray for the leaders in this church. I pray for the volunteers. I pray for the visitors. I pray for all partners. God, I pray for every soul that's in this place. God, ravage our hearts Remove our own selfish ambitions. Remove ourselves from the equation so that we can see you this morning. God, we've tasted you. We've heard your voice. We've heard your praise. We've seen your glory. Now continue on through the rest of the service. I pray, God, that hearts would be broken and that tears would flow. God, I pray that your glory would be shown like it never has before. Open up our eyes. Open up our hearts. Let us invite you in. Let us invite you in. Oh, how I long to hear your voice. Oh, how I long to see you move. You inhabit the praises of your people. So we say, praise Jesus. Love you. Pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's praise the Lord one time this morning. Let me hear it. Is he good? He is good. You may be seated. This morning, we want to look at Look at you guys. We want to look at what Jesus Christ has done in this church. And I I think that to get that kicked off and to get that started, I want to to call up a special individual. The weighing of the week this week is a young man that most would probably look at, I think this is safe to say, that most would probably look at and wonder if he understands. They'd wonder if, if he gets it if he's able to see God and understand God the way that we would. But I will tell you from personal experience, I've seen the Holy Spirit move on this young man, and I've seen more of God in him and coming out of him than I've seen in a lot of people that I've seen in myself many, many times. He's a very special guy. He's always got a smile on his face, and he's always got a word for you if you'll let him give it. The way you know the week this week is Ben Bocamp. Come here, Ben. Come up here. (laughs) Come up here. I love you, boy. (laughs) Come over here. Let's get this for you. Come here. Ben, I I want to tell you that, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, is that if I could get to where you are in so many ways, I would be so thankful. Your openness and your willingness just to go and to smile and to serve and how you just let God speak. I want you to know that I'm proud of you, and I love you. If there's anything I can ever do for you, you just let me know. Look at his face right here. This guy loves Jesus. (laughs) Amen, brother. I love you. (laughs) Come on, come on. Love you, brother. That's awesome. I love you, Ben. Never a dull moment with Ben. It's going to be a good day today in the house of God. It's already been a good day today in the house of God. We could go on to the house because we've seen him move. But I think that we would be amiss because we want to see him move even more. I'm excited today to be able to take a step back and to look at what has happened here at the well and and what I've been able to be a part of. And a lot of sermons that I give are, are attacking sin because I've got to preach the Word of God and I've got to do it in such a way that you can see yourself for who you really are, that you can see a clear reflection from the Word of God, which is the mirror by which we see, and that you can, you can pray that God would grant you repentance so that you can get to a better place in life, so that you can get to a, a, a more realistic reality that is Jesus Christ. You can walk around all day long and think that you're fine. You can have money, you can have success, you can have fame. You can have everything right, so to speak, but still be at a miss and still be at a loss because Jesus Christ is everything that you need. And without him, everything else is nothing at all. And so I oftentimes hit sin and and hit sin hard, and and that's my job. I won't apologize for it. But I'm excited today that God has called me today to speak with you about what you've done and about who you've been. And I want to go to a place in Scripture where this is biblical. Paul does this several times in Scripture. And as I was studying and, and as I was seeking God on, on what I should preach on this week, on, on how I should approach our one year anniversary, he brought me to this text of Scripture. He brought me to Philippians chapter one, verses eleven, verses three through eleven. And in these verses, Paul is talking to the Philippian church. He's talking to those from Philippi, and he's telling them how grateful he is for them. <coughs> now, I'll tell you that this church is not a perfect church. You know why? Because a church is not blocking. It's not mortar. It's, it's not doors and windows. It's people. And people on this side of heaven are not perfect. The only perfect one that ever walked the face of the earth was Jesus Christ. And so you got to understand, you are the church. We are the church, and we're imperfect. And we hopefully are growing toward Christ, but at the present time, we're flawed, and we have our mistakes, and we have our pimples, so to speak. But in all of your flaws, all of our flaws, and all of our failures, it fills my heart with joy that I see so much more good than I do bad. And this morning, I want to highlight some of the things that God has done in and through you that I've seen and I am so grateful to be a part of. The title this morning is Words from a Grateful Pastor. And I want to tell you, I've struggled with that term over this past year And, and even in my ministry early on as I was trying to find my way and and, you know, I've been offered advice on maybe you should do this and maybe you should do that. And, and, there, and technology is so easy to listen to other preachers and, and other great preachers. And it's so really tempting to compare yourself to this guy or to that guy. And, and you know, do I, who do I sound like? Who do I sound like? And, and that's just, it's run me around. It's almost run me ragged from time to time. But God has recently, in the past month or two, been telling me that I, I don't, I don't have to be someone else that it's okay to be me and you know what I'm thankful that you allow me to be me and I'm finding my way I'm navigating the waters and I've been called the loud guy you know I've been called this guy or that guy but but I want to what I want to be is 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 the Jesus guy I want to be known for Christ and I think you do too as we Go through this scripture. I want to show you what God has shown me. And I want to help you to understand just what God has done in this last year. Let's read the scripture. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all all making my prayer with joy. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, and I am sure of this, so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would bless the reading and the hearing of your word. God, I pray that you would hide me behind the cross at this time. God, that you would, that you would let your voice be heard and that I would just be a vessel that would pour out what you have poured in. God, help us as we all seek to be closer to you and to find out the truth so that we might fall up under its umbrella. Set us free this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. There are four things that I want to show you this morning as I... As I look at the scriptures and as I, as I dig into the scriptures and I think of, of you, and I have a video, I know we didn't do a bumper video, but I have a video that I'm going to show you in just a minute to kind of encapsulate some of that. But I want to talk to you for just a minute. You see, as I, as I think about what Paul is saying to the Philippians, it brings to mind feelings that I have for you. And there are a lot of you here this morning that you're a visitor And so what I want for you to do this morning is I want you to think about what type of church would you like to be a part of. Maybe you have a home church and and you're just visiting today because somebody drug you in the door. We're not looking to steal anybody from any churches, okay? Maybe you can take some of this fire back to your church. Maybe you can take some of this passion back to your church. Maybe you can take some of these ideas back to your church, and you can pour them out there that God would blaze up and light everything on fire and would consume everything. But if you don't have a church home, if you're looking... If you're wondering, if you're, if you're kind of, of lost in the mix and you visited here and you visited there, I pray that you would ask yourself this morning, what type of church would I like to be a part of? Because I'm going to paint a picture of what this church is like. Not what I'm like necessarily, but what these guys are like. You are the church. I'm just a part of you. You are the church. Wesley's just a part. You are the church. We're just a part. I want to tell you what you guys have been like. I want to tell you what makes me grateful. As we look at the scripture, Paul says, I thank my God in all remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. You see, the first word that I have for you is, is that it feels." just thinking of you, fills me with joy. Thinking of you and praying about you, it fills me with joy. There are so many places that I could be in this world. There are so many things that I could be doing in this world. You know, if God hadn't stepped into my life and changed me what he did, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be able to see your smiling faces and see you down on your hands and knees like John Dimitri was in the slideshow, working for the grace and the, and the glory of God. Just thinking about you, it fills my heart with gladness, and it fills my heart with Joy. You know why? It's because good or bad, you guys are real. Good or bad, you guys are real. I'll never forget that when we first started, when we first started this church, we had some kind of crazy ideas. We had some kind of crazy ideas, and there was things that we had prayed for that we didn't really know You know, if we should be praying for them or, you know, if we were kind of longing for the right thing. But, But when we started praying, let me tell you how the leaders of this church, the very founders of this church, let me tell you how they started praying. We started praying for real people. We wanted people that didn't feel comfortable anywhere else because they were too dirty or or because they were too ashamed or because they were too whatever. We pray, God, make it a place where it's okay for them. Make it a place where it's okay to not be okay. And as a matter of fact, right, wrong, or indifferent, one of my prayers in the beginning were I said, I pray that this place is is a church where people are smoking on the front steps. <laughs> You say, why would you pray that, preacher? That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. You know why? It's because I want people coming to this church that are so, so unaware of the standards and the Christian language and and the way it's supposed to be done. I want people here that, that are so unchurched, that are so just themselves, that they'll just be smoking out front. You're not supposed to smoke in the church. Now, smoking a horrible sin that you're going to die and go to hell for. That's not my point at all. You know, that's between you and God. I think it kind of stinks, but that's, that's on you. I smoked for a long time. That's not the point at all. The point is you're real. The point is you're real. There are people in this congregation that a year and a half ago, a year ago, six months ago, a week ago, you were doing unspeakable things. Some of you right now are struggling with things that, that most church people would have no idea how to deal with. And you've been, you've been looked over so long by so many church people because you're, you're too far gone. Well, I want to tell you, you're not too far gone. My God is a big God. He cannot be outdone. He cannot be outspoken. He can change lives. And what I'm telling you is, is that not only can he change lives, but he has changed lives. Because I've seen it. There's one right there. There's one right there. There's one right there. They're all over this place. Give God a hand. Because God has done that through you. God has done that through you. And God is still working today. It fills my heart with joy. It fills my heart with joy to have people come to me that aren't used to this kind of thing and go. I don't know about this guy over here, <laughs> and I tell them, I say, we ain't gonna tell him to go home. I don't. I'm gonna sit over there at least, okay? <laughs> do you think it's? I I had a couple of people ask me, do you think our security should should be packing? <laughs> How many of y'all are anyway? Don't raise your hands because I can't know. I, I'm not supposed to know, okay? It fills my heart with joy because you're so real. You're so real. Now, don't hear what I'm saying as just, just stay sinful, you know. Don't hear me as real being... You're real sinful. Hear me as saying, is that you are who you are. But what my prayer is, is that God would show you who you are supposed to be, where you are to go, and He would do it through others that's been changed, and now their real is not sin, but it's glory. That God would change your life and He would change your real. Stay real, stay who you are. But let God transform you into the person that he's always wanted you to be. You guys are real, and I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. I wouldn't have it any other way. I've had people come and confess things to me that made me blush, and I don't blush easy. I'm like, I wish, I wish you would not have told me that. But it's okay. You come and tell me because I will pray for you and every crazy thing you do, okay? You allow me to be real. That's another thing that gives me joy when I think about you. You know, it is very, very hard for any person in leadership, especially for a pastor, to admit that he's sinful. It's it's hard whether you allow me to be real or not. It is so hard. But you know why? Because Satan is is continually tempting me to think that I'm up here because of something that I've done, because of, of some special trait that I have, because I'm good at this or I'm good at that Satan is always whispering that in my ear and it destroys me every time because there's nothing good in me either I'm just like you I'm a sinner and every day I struggle with sin every day I struggle with with Satan whispering in my ear hey what's up don't you think you might just want to now my sin struggles my temptations may be different but it doesn't matter sin is sin and sin is sin and I'll be honest with you. And this is what I like. Right here, I, didn't, I wasn't planning on doing this, but this is what I like. is that it's okay for me to be transparent with you. And, you know, coming out of the background that I did, I think that's helpful. Because you know my past. You know, I've, I've been to jail nine times before I was 20 years old. You know, I've, I've, I've smoked it. I've drank it. I've done it. I've, I've stolen it. I, I've, I've fought it. I've done whatever. My goal in life was to make you think I was bad to the bone. That was my worth and I felt worthless all the time. God ravaged my soul and jerked me out of the flames and he set me on I cannot stop. But I was sitting at my desk last night and God broke me like he's probably not broke me in two years and I wept, I mean deep down in my soul because I saw God was stirring in me already and Wesley's right, I'm I, now I'm, oh, I'm gonna get to this, I'm jumping ahead of myself, I'm really excited this morning Because God has set set me on fire. And you know what? It's like it's like he's got on that worst, Ron. Is Ron in here? I don't know where he is, but you you guys will know. You know what? It's like he's he's put me on a bicycle and I'm running down the road. Y'all remember that? Heather's like, I don't I don't remember that. Fired up. And last night I was sitting and I was thinking and I was praying and I was, I was seeking God. And I've been seeking God more this week than I have in a really long time. And he revealed to me that I've not been seeking him like I should. And I've been, I've been spending too much time doing other things, even good things. I've been spending so much time. And, and he, he showed up last night. And I read this, this Facebook post about this man who had cancer. Some of you might have saw that. I reposted on the wells. Thing, but there was this man who, he had cancer, and he was going through chemo, and it was just tearing his body apart. And the lady that was talking to him said that she had talked to him about praying for him, but she didn't even feel comfortable praying for his healing on earth because he was so ready just to go home. He just wanted to be home with his Jesus. He just wanted complete healing. He wanted to be gone, and he was so ready. And, and, and she told him, said, I'll see you the next time. And he said, told her, said, no, the next time you see me, it'll be in heaven. And when they were getting ready to go, he was walking out the door. He looked at her, winked his eye, and said, see you in heaven. God crushed me because i don't know if you're ready i don't know if i don't know if all of you are ready i don't know you see God has he has given you to me to steward and to shepherd and to lead and to god and and, and, and I'm so busy and I've not been on my face like I should. Let me be real with you for a minute. Please pray with me because I need prayer. I need to be on my face. I need to be crying out to God. Help me lead these people. Help me to be real, really in the Word, really on my face. Help me to put God before anything else so that they might be able to. Help me, God, to lift them up continually because of my love for them. And I wept and I wept and I wept because I've not done that like I should. God told me, he said, I got you. It's not you, it's me. And you've let me be real. And I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful. I'm I'm still trying to find who I am. I'm so thankful that you've let me be real. I know who I am in Christ, but I'm still trying to figure out exactly what he wants me to do. Amen. Have any of you arrived, could you help me to know? Aren't we all still peddling? Let's keep pedaling. I'm so excited about that. As we move, I tell you, the one thing that's cool is I want you to look around and look how full the auditorium is this morning. I want you to give God a hand because that was what God did. God is showing out at the well. And I'll tell you why people are so ready to come. It's because, and I've heard it said time and time and time again, I can't believe so and so. Could you, did you Man, I can't believe that guy was there. And they were looking, they were that same guy was telling me about you. He said, "I can't believe they were there." <laughs> bunch of sinners. Ain't it awesome? Have a bunch of sinners in the house of God. <laughs> Wasn't that what it was all about? Is that Jesus Christ was going after? And the cool thing is, you're so real that people are ready to come. They're looking at you going, "You go." <laughs> you You've been every Sunday for the past three months? i got to see this on myself. <laughs> They're ready to go because you're real and because God's really working in you. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing that God actually works in flawed people too? Wow. How have we gotten so, so far out of whack on that whole concept? Got to look a certain way? Got to talk a certain way? Jesus was hanging with the hookers and tax collectors. It really is. All right. Number two, I am surrounded by faithful partners. Not only are you real, but you're really faithful. You're really faithful. You know, Hambone, I had to text him last night to ask him. I couldn't remember exactly what he said. But... You see, anything that we have, it doesn't matter the circumstances. We're like, should we cancel it? I don't know if anybody will show up. It's kind of raining outside. And Hambone, he's like, oh, you have little faith. They're going to come. And this is what Hambone, I had to test him and ask him, what was that saying? You said, and Hambone says, he said, son, you don't understand. You could have a Putin contest and everybody would show up. That was his words, not mine, okay? Look at Hitler. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But it's true. It's true. You guys are faithful. And you know what? I think it's such a... This is so weird. To What I was just talking about, about real people being allowed to share in the gospel, sinners being allowed to share in the gospel. And, and don't get me wrong, I, I, we preach hardcore. You ask anybody here, go on the website, look at the backdated uh, sermons. We preach hard on sin. I, I do not want you to remain in sin. Obedience is the key to presence. I think that you need to get closer. It's not the key to justification, but I think it is, the, it is one of the essentials to sanctification. I believe that we need to be continually killing sin and raising up the doctrines and the, the righteousness of Jesus Christ. But, but I want you to go back. A- and the bottom line is, is that I think the reason that we're so faithful and that so many people show up is that this old concept that Jesus Christ is, is inviting of sinners and inviting of those who are broken has been revived in this church. You guys ha- have been used by Christ to, to in my opinion, to, to bring the church back to a place that it's been needing to go for years. And I say that we are not a perfect church, and I'm not knocking any other church. But I love my church. I love my church. And, and it's amazing to watch you guys go. You're faithful to show up, and I believe you're faithful to show up because you see what God's doing too, and you want to be a part of it. You want to be a part of it. It's amazing to see. I'm surrounded by faithful partners. You see, you're always ready to go. You are evangelists. You really are. You are evangelists. I want you to look around. And and when we started, we would have a person, okay? And, And I see it. I can look around. I can see it on this row over here. I see it on this row over here. I see it in that row. I see it in every row just about. You are evangelist. You say, what do you mean, bro? I'm not an evangelist. Yeah, you are. You're an evangelist. You're carrying the gospel into places that it's never gone before. You are proclaiming the words of God. You are proclaiming the gospel. You are, you are speaking the gospel. As we go back, we says, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. You see, they were partners in the gospel. You see all these people in here, and, and I'll go over a little, some stats with you in just a second. But the first day that we launched, we had 250 people. And, and everybody that I've talked to in the, in the conventions and in the church planners, they all want to know what was the secret, what was the secret, what was the secret. I don't know. God showed up and drove the people crazy. And they went to evangelizing like nobody's business. And I mean, you've brought your families, you've brought your friends, you've brought everybody. And I've seen one person come, then another person come out of that family, and now we've got, we've got rows filled up with families. You're doing the work of evangelists. You're doing it right, guys. We just got to get deeper. We just got to get stronger in the Word of God. And what I'm praying, what my prayer is, and it'll be at the end, but what my prayer is, is that you would continue That you would continue in the ways that you've already seen. That you would get deeper into the word of God. And as I commit to you, that you would get on your face before God. And that you would beg him. That you would plead with him. That he would be your desire. That he would overwhelm you because you're going to want to sin. You're going to want to go after that thing. You're going to want something else more than you want God. And the only way that you can want God more than you want something else is that if he shows up and if he whispers in your ear, that that if he tickles your chin and says, look at me, look at me, don't look over there, look right here. No, I got you, I got you. Pray to God that he would grant you repentance. Pray to God that he would be your desire and the satisfaction of your heart. And if you will pray that, if you will get on your face, it will transform your lives radically. I'm talking about stepping out of a a church as a hobby. We've said that many times. I'm talking about stepping into a deep faith that is weird. I'm telling you, you need to be weird. Weird. That will preach because Jesus Christ was weird. Are you weird? Do you read your Bible way too much? Do other Christians look at you and go, you're taking this thing too serious, man. (laughs) I'm serious. You know, I'm a kind of a competitive guy. and, 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 you know, they keep telling me that churches shouldn't compete, and I believe that. But I think that we should see who can be the most devoted. Right? Who can be the best husband? Who can be the best daddy? Who can get into the word of God with his wife? Oh, my goodness. Who can spend the most time in the Word? And it's not about competitiveness. It's really not. But what I'm saying is, is that we got to take this thing serious. We got to get weird. I want every one of you in 2014 for your goal to be somewhere along the way that another Christian will look at you and say, "You need to lighten up, man." Amen. You see, we're in this together. Oh, and my favorite—oh, man, my favorite part I about just did like this last night when it hit me, because I mean, I just woo! That's what I'm talking about. Listen to this. Listen to what he says. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Amen? Hallelujah? Hallelujah? Oh, I, that was a new one. I threw that one on you, didn't I? Listen, let me tell you something right now. Everything that I've told you, everything that I've told you that you've done right and that I'm proud of you and I'm excited, it didn't come from you. You know, some of you are starting to stick your chest out like this. Yeah. Yeah, we are doing it right. But this is all a work of God. And the only reason that anything's gotten done around here at all is because you finally realize how big a sinners we are and we've gotten on our face and said, Oh God, forgive my broken soul. Forgive my sinful flesh. Forgive me. And he has. And he has lifted you up. And he's seated you in the heavenly places with Jesus Christ. And he's put a word in your mouth and a fire in your heart and a fire in your eyes. And other people have looked at it and said, hmm, look pretty good over there. And they've come to see. Charles Spurgeon said it beautifully. I think John Wesley said it too. He said, if people don't come to hear me preach. They come to watch me burn. How many of you on fire for Jesus Christ? If you're not on fire for Jesus Christ, you've never seen him. If you're not on fire for Jesus Christ today, and you were at one point, then you've forgotten who he is. We need to be reminded. We need to be reminded. That last point right there says we cannot fail because he did not fail. You understand, church? You understand what I'm telling you? Do I understand what I'm saying? We cannot fail because he did not fail. He who started this work in you is faithful and he will see it to the end. And that's a promise. You gotta understand that, church, because when you fall down, he's gonna pick you up. When you you get discouraged, he's gonna be there for you. When you feel like you can't, he says, but I can. Jesus Christ will not let you fail. He loves you too much. He will not let you fail. He loves himself too much. He will not let you fail because he did not fail. You see, it's done. It's done. All you gotta do is claim the promise. It's done. The victory is ours. It's done. It's done. Do you have the victory? Boy, let her go, guys. Let her go. Let's just run wide open. See, that was another one of the prayers that we prayed in the beginning. We knew we didn't know how to do church. I knew that. John, could you give me some water? I'm going well, to preach all the spit out of my mouth. Don't for a <laughs> You see, we prayed in the very beginning because we knew, we knew that we had no idea how to do church. No idea. And so we were praying, God, just, just carry us along. You know, I, I don't know which way to go or I, I'm not really sure what to do. Would you, would you please help us out? And we've just kind of bumbled and banged and moved and, and, and the coolest thing is is that what I think the result of that has been since we didn't know how to do it he did it and, and, and everybody's been you know people ask me you know because it's pretty cool how it exploded people ask me and say well, where did, you, where did you train for church planning thank you brother where did you train and, and what books did you read what did you study and, and I did do some study and I did some of that stuff right there but man I have a horrible memory horrible It wasn't wasn't like that. It was was a couple of guys who really loved Jesus, who really didn't know which way to go, but they said, look, here's the Bible, we've read it, Uh, here's here's an idea, God's telling us, let's just go. We'll see what happens. And they they were open to give, and and the more we we got involved, the the eager they were to give. And and let me just do this. This is some of the statistics of of what's been done this year. As as you guys came in to to what God had for you, and, and you just you you accepted leadership, and you 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 let us be real, and you let us learn as we went, and we're still learning. We're trying to put some structures in place and some guides in place. But you know what? Looking back on it, I don't regret anything because you guys have been just as real as anybody I can possibly imagine. In my estimation, you're the realest church I've ever seen in my entire life. I think, we, I think you guys are the closest thing to an Acts chapter 2 church that I've ever seen. That's just my opinion. I love my church. Last year, in this past year, there was an average of 270 people. That, that number is a little bit... Um, odd because we didn't we didn't keep records in the beginning you know January, February March you know it was kind of up in the air we didn't really know what we were doing when we first started we were running like 70 people in breakthrough and we were supposed to be planning and all of a sudden we're having church and I'm singing leading worship and people are like is this what it's going to be like <laughs> we're like no no so we we say hold on let's step back from that and we launched in January had some preview services and, and to this day That we have recorded, and we're missing three months, and we're missing the previous services, over 40 salvations. I would venture to say that there were a good bit more than that, but 40 salvations. uh, We had 35 baptisms, or more a good bit more than that, too, I think. You guys gave $181,709. Give God a hand. And the coolest thing is is that in January you gave $6,900, and this will show the growth. And Jesus Christ said, Where your treasure is, there your heart is also. In December, January you gave $6,913, in January you gave $22,728. Almost the same amount of people, God is opening up your heart to give. And if you look at the number of people that we have running, this is probably half what most churches this size get. But I understand that you are growing and that you are giving as God is calling you to give. I've seen you give more. And I I believe that God will free all of us up to give more and more so that we can continue to do the work of God. You see, we're now we are absolutely on the chase of property. We're considering some buildings. We're considering all types of things because this is not a this is not a, a stop and, and greet type of church. This we're we're going to be what God wants us to be and we have big plans, and we have a vision, and we plan on within the next month or month and a half to share this vision that we have with you to start a building campaign because we are wanting to build a building in the next year and a half or so so that we can have our own place, so that we can have our own church home, so that we can give more abundantly, so we can worship more freely, so that we can work harder and be more established. We're going where God wants us to go. Amen? Now the reason that I started to tell you that was not just to show you that, but I wanted to tell you. Now this number, I'll, I'll go here first. One hundred eighty-one thousand and some odd dollars was given in this past year. I asked Shanda Flynn. I could not do any of that without Shanda Flynn. I'll give her a huge shout out because I call her at all times and text her and be like, Hey, can you get this number? Can you get that number? I can't believe you got that number. Can you get this number? <laughs> you know, and, and I just want to thank her. She really works really hard for us. But I, and, but I asked her, I said, can you pull out of that $181,000 what these guys gave last year? And she said, I'll try to work on it tonight. She got, she got back, and I asked her that last night. I said, I told you. I'll put her on the spot. She got back with me this morning. She said, Brandon, she said, I could, I could try to give you a number, but it's really so hard. She said, because we gave so much to so many different places that I'm not sure exactly how to figure it all up but I'll tell you this we have about I'm guessing roughly about thirty-five thousand dollars on hand and we have a very limited low low low-paid part-time staff so I wouldn't get venture to say that you gave about 100,000 dollars of that away. Uh, maybe, somewhere around there. 75 to 100,000 dollars you gave and you served, and you loved and you met needs, and you gave away stuff to people, and you loved on people, and you paid power bills and, and you paid gas bills, and, and you just you helped so many people who were in so many needs. You bought coats, you bought shoes, you bought you loved people. Now, that number might be a little bit off. My wife's giving me a face like, I don't know, you're all really right? But I know you gave, you gave your tails off, if I can say it like that. Once again, being a little real. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful for that. Moving on to number three. You've had my back, and I've had yours. You've had my back, and I have yours. And at this moment in the service, we're going to play the video when I, when I give them the signal because I want to say this about this video that I'm about to show. Michael and Amanda were. Oh, and on that on that last thing, I don't I don't like the idea that might be. I will get you those numbers, okay? We'll figure that out because I want I want to. We're going to do here in the next little while when we bring you the vision for the new building and or the new property, and as we we do all of that, we're going to start. Find some way to have some type of monthly something to where we show you exactly where you're investing and and where where the stuff is going and and and, and where do we pay this and what do we do with that and and what do you plan on and we don't we don't do all a bunch of voting in those type of meetings, but we want you to know where your money's going and where you're investing and we're just now figuring out how to get all that together and, and how to show you all that so I'm excited that's coming. in in just a little while so we're excited about that this this right here you've had my back and I've had yours I'll share a couple of stories and and I'll, I'll get into the part of the scripture that backs this up right here but before we watch this video I want to tell you this guy when we first started this church there was a there was a situation that we ran into and many of you that's been here with us from the beginning will remember Michael and Amanda's story and as we 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 talk to them, and I've known them for a really long time, and and I've tried to minister to them, but it just wasn't really taking root, and and all of a sudden, God started working, and God started working through you, and God started working through this church, and they were in a really pitiful, dark, depressing spot. They had two kids with them, and and they've got three, and, and it was just a messed up situation. They were living in a garage. It was freezing in the winter and and smoking hot in the summer. And and from what they tell me, there was rats, you know, in the garage, and it was just... Horrible, they were both uh, completely addicted to drugs, like physically addictive withdrawals. And, and with, when Mike stopped, as you'll see in the video, it really caused him a lot of physical problems. He, he sacrificed tremendously to come off of the drugs. Jesus Christ severed him from that, and he's made almost a full recovery. He's still dealing with some things. He'll tell you that, but I'll tell you this. The reason I bring that up here is that I got his back, and you do too. That's why he's been successful, is that Jesus Christ has used you to, to back him up. And I'll tell you, that man right there would do anything for any of you, too. He's got your back, too. I want to tell you, I've seen God work a miracle in this family. I've seen God work an absolute transformation in this family. And we saw him set them free. They got married in our launch service last year. And we thought it only fitting for us to revisit and see what God's done in their life this year as they've grown and as they've been ministered to and as they have ministered. I want to tell you, God not only set them free, but he made them vessels. And he filled them up, and they've been pouring out every Sunday and every day, to tell you the truth, because they love. They love out loud, and they are giving. They don't have a lot, but they give. You ask anybody around them, they give. And I'm excited. And I want to tell you, Mike, I love you, man. And you know I'm here for you, and I know you're there for me. And that tells, that tells what the church is like, because a lot of you are exactly the same way. I told Mike a long, a long time ago. And I told some of you that if this was the last service that we ever had, he would have been worth it. You would have been worth it. If you were the only one, you would have been worth it. And you would have been worth it. There are so many of you that if you were the only success story of the well, it would have all been worth it. Watch this interview and and let God speak to you through their
1: See, it was the struggle.
2: Well, it's been a year now, and God is still working amazingly in our family. He's brought us in a year from sleeping on a concrete hard floor in a shop, freezing to death or burning up in the summer, to living not a spectacular house, but living in a house that we pay for and we manage and we maintain all together. Zayni, Ronnie, Austin, me, and Michael, a family. I love my life now, uh, since my mom and daddy changed and got off doing bad things, my life has been like a change around the world. God and my church have helped me through my whole journey through my good life. And all the things that are good about it, they're they're just hard to tell. but. But I hope my mom or dad will never, will never, will never um, get back on their bad stuff again because they ain't good for them. You, and God, you've done so much for us, God. And, and I just want to thank you, God. And that's about it. Yeah, I just
1: think it's great. God's done in our life, and uh, from bringing us from having nowhere to live, to uh, having our own place to live in, and being a good daddy to my kids, and providing for my family, and just for being there for us the whole time, and bringing us through this.
2: He continues to work every day in our lives. I hear spectacular things about people just seeing Michael on the side of the road, just seeing this smiling face, and knowing that God has done that with him. My dad was gone for a really long time, and I'm glad to have him back because I couldn't really touch him. I could barely talk to him, and um, I'm glad to have him back because we fish together. We play football and toss the ball around, and I just love glad to have him back. I have a job for the first time in six years now. I take care of my family. I provide for that not on food stamps anymore. I buy my own groceries, which I know that food stamps is a blessing to many children and many families. But it's a big feat and a big step for me to be able, excuse me, for us to be able to support our family in this way. We buy our, when our kids make stuff for school, we do that. And if y'all know us from over a year ago, we never bought them anything. We were pretty much useless parents. We just stumbled in and out, and yes or no, mostly yes, and just let them do what they want them to do. But now it's a whole lot different. Um, if they won't need new shoes, we get them new shoes. They get to play basketball and football and do the fun things that they should have been doing a long time ago. Ever since God has come into our lives, it's been an awesome change My daddies and mamas off the of drugs. My daddy's done a whole lot better, me and my brother are doing better in school. Someone's finally been able to get a job and um, we get to spend a whole lot more time together and I just wanna thank the Lord and I'm very blessed on what he's done for us. I wanna thank the Lord and our church and everyone that's helped us and We, we have our own vehicle, we support everything. Michael, he gets a disability check. He helps, he, he does a whole lot for us and he doesn't ever, ever, ever ask for anything. Not even a pair of shoes or a shirt and, or anything. He never asks for anything. And I'm super proud of that. It's an unselfish good man right there.
1: Yeah, I just think it's amazing that how far God's brought us if it weren't for God, I know I wouldn't be here now. And I just, it's great to be with my family, get to spend time with them, and not be high no more, and just get to enjoy every minute that I get to spend with my family, and uh, not take a day for granted. I just, I give all my praise and glory to God, and I'm just happy to be here, and be with Amanda, and be with my kids, and have a good life. And, uh, I know I'm, I'm on disability now. I know I got some problems, but I know God will work everything out. And it, it's gonna be fine. And I, I just pray to Him every day. And every day that I wake up, I know God makes everything great. And it's just good to be here. There's one thing I want want y'all to get out of this is that it's all cause of Jesus. If it wasn't for God, I wouldn't be here, I probably wouldn't be here talking to y'all right now. And uh, he brought me from being a worthless, no good father to being a good daddy to my kids. And uh, I just give all the grace and glory to God. And he he brought me from some low places to some high places. And I just want everybody to know that if you're struggling with drugs or whatever you're struggling with in your life, just lay it all on Jesus' hand. He can take care of it for you. They death to bring me victory. He did me. He blessed me. He took me away from that kind of life and made me the person I am now. And I know he can do it from anybody else. I ain't saying everybody's got a drug problem, but I'm just saying if you got any problems, just take it all to Jesus and he'll help you. I mean, that's all I got to tell you. Jesus is number one in my life now, my family. And uh, I always put Jesus first in my life. And just for yeah, you, if you got any struggles in your life, just ask Jesus take them from you and he will. Put all your trust and faith in God and just lay it all down to him and he'll have you. Know,
0: just about says it all it's an amazing thing to watch it's an amazing thing to see and I'll just I'm just glad to be a part of it and we're going to move to to the last last point because I want to share this with you and then we'll be finished God has shown me several things in the past little while, and I told you when we first started that I've struggled to find who I am other than a Christian. I've struggled to find my place with you, and it's been so hard for me to say my people because you're God's people. You're Jesus' people. But what he's began to show me is is that he's entrusted you to me. Is that he's called me to shepherd you. He's called me to be a little shepherd. He's called me to to lead you and to guide you. And, And I think maybe part of the reason that's been so hard for me is because it's so terrifying. You know, I... I think of the call that's got, that God's got on my life, and, and it absolute, absolutely humbles me. Because I know that there's nothing in me that would be able to do that. And so this, this last point is that you make me want to be better. You make me want to be a better leader, and I'm committing to do that. You see, we, we skipped over this one part. Let me, let me read you this text. He says, It is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart for you are are all partakers with me of grace. Listen to what he says right here. Both in my imprisonment and in my defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how I yearn for you all with the affection of Jesus Christ. And this is what God has been revealing to me is that This is not a job to me. They do pay me. This is not a job to me. I would do this without any money. This is not a job for me. This This is not something that I do because I don't have anything else to do. I need you to understand this, not because I'm something special, but because I want you to hear my heart, that you are not a job to me. You are my heart. You burn within me because you are my call. I am called to you. I I do this because I can't not do it. I love you with everything that is in me. And it is my prayer that God would shape and mold me to help mold you. And I know it is your job too. As God empowers me to lead, he's got to empower you to be fellow leaders and followers that build up and encourage. Because I cannot do this on my own. And it's scary for me to ask you to pray for me because I feel like I'm being prideful or arrogant. But, but I'm not. I'm trying to be humble because I need you. I need you to lift me up in prayer as I try to leave because I, I'm a failure without Christ. I, I need for you to come alongside of me and be partakers of the grace. You see, the things that have been done here are not because of me. They're not because of you they're because of jesus christ and what he's done in you and in me and as we work together as we build each other up we will only progress and build the kingdom even farther so as i think about you you bring me joy you bring me joy it fills my heart with gladness And, and as i think about you even farther i understand how we are partners And I know that you've got my back, and I've got yours. I remember a while back, uh, Kelly, I was talking to her, and she said a a lady had come to to her work and was talking to her, and she had talked to him about the church, and the lady's like, okay. Well, then the lady came back one day, and she told her, said, asking her about the church. She said, I don't think so. And Kelly's like, why? I don't think you mind me sharing. She said, you need to go to a real church. tell you something, you're the realest church I've ever seen I wouldn't want to be anywhere else in the world and as I think about you, it draws me closer to Christ as we all stand to our feet I want you to think about Christ You see, you make me want to be a better leader, and as Paul says here to him, he says, and it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. You see, you make me want to be better, and I'm telling you that I will, not because I'm going to will and grit, but because I'm committing now to submit more to Jesus Christ. I'm committing to pray harder for you this year. I'm committing to, to intercede for you more this year, to take you to the throne of grace through prayer more this year. I want to see you grow. I want to see the love that is in you grow in leaps and bounds. I want to see you go places that you've never been before. I want to see you lead your children like you've never led them before. I want to see you do things and say things and be changed in ways that no one would have believed and the only way that that happened that will happen and can happen is through who? I pray, I pray that Jesus Christ would ravage our souls, that he would come in and that he would overwhelm us to the point of brokenness, that he would overwhelm us to the point of a blazing inferno, a blazing fire, that we would all become so passionate and so driven for the King that we would not be able to be silenced. I pray for all of you. That you would continue on the path that God has placed you on. I pray for every one of you that you would look to the King of kings and the Lord of lords as I will. I pray that you would follow me, not because I'm a good man, but because I'm a Jesus man. I pray that you would follow these guys, not because they are good at music, but because they are Jesus guys. I pray that you would be a Jesus guy. I pray that you would be a Jesus woman. We've got to see the King. We've got to be about Jesus. We've got to lift His holy name. And as we enter into His presence, as we are changed by His magnificent grace, We will assuredly continue to reach because we cannot be stopped I praise my God for you I praise my God for you and at the invitation this morning what I pray that you would respond in is whatever God is calling and placing on your heart maybe it's that you would go deeper Maybe it's in gratitude that you found this church, which is the realest church I've ever seen. Maybe it's in gratitude that your family has been transformed by the King. Maybe it's in gratitude that you have been set free from your bondage and change. Maybe it is in a cry that Jesus would set you free from your chains. I told you when we first started, I wanted to love you and show you today what I'm grateful for. But there may be some of you in this room that you've never experienced rebirth into the kingdom of God. Maybe you've never been a part of a church. Maybe you've never been a part of Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never had your sins removed. Maybe you've never seen what it's like to walk hand in hand with the Creator, the one who breathed you out. Maybe you're still in conflict, and you don't know why, that you're continually at war inside, but you just know that something's not right. Have you ever been set free by the King? Have you ever had the warrior come in and break the chains? Have you ever been set free by the king? Or are you still under bondage to sin? Are you still a slave to your passions and your lusts and your desires? Do you stand outside the church even while on the middle road, looking in, wishing that you could be a part of something like that? Well, as Jesus Christ whispers to your soul, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Anyone that would answer the door, I would come in and eat with him and he with me. And we would have fellowship. And I would love him. And I would redeem him. And I would bring him out of the darkness and into the kingdom of light. Is today the day that you are set free from the darkness? Maybe it's something in your life that you know you've been holding on to. It's been holding you back not just from the church. Not just from the things of the church, but from true worship in your life. Not just from the things of church and true worship, but of completeness and wholeness. That there's been a hole. That there's been something missing. And you've thrown everything that you can throw. You've placed everything that you can place. And nothing's ever been enough. That's an eternal hole, my friend. That's a God-sized hole. And my words can't fill it. And that man or that woman cannot fill it. And until God fills it, you will absolutely devour everything in sight with your God-sized hole. Only to continually remain empty. I love you. Let's continue in our growth. Or let's begin today. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And before I open this altar, I plead with you today. Is there one among us who would like to join this family? Who would like to be saved today? Who would like to give Christ their heart? Not through a sinner's prayer, but through a commitment of your life that the way you've been doing it is not working so it's time for the realness. Is there any here that would be so brave? Amen. Come up here. Any more? This young girl is taking the step of faith and courage. Any other courageous souls out there? Here's another. Come on. Come on up. It's okay. Come on. Yeah, you. You in the hat. You want to come? Okay. Anybody else? It's okay. This might, what? I mean, yeah, it's after 12. what's another couple of minutes praise God God is changing lives and you are partakers of the grace this is the work of your hand as Jesus Christ moves it I'll make another plea I'll get down on my knees if you like because your soul's worth it would you come would you hear the masters call and bow? what if today was the only day? here's another the kingdom of heaven is growing Would you be added today? I don't want to end it too soon. Which one of you has been about to break the seat of the chair in front of you? And you said, if he only says it one more time, God is calling you right now. Who would come? right here salvation who would join this family look at these souls look at these souls added to the kingdom of God could if you could go with Pastor Mark. He's going to pray with all of you as you want to seek Christ. He's going to lead you to the throne of grace where you can invite Christ into your heart and become part of the family. Would anyone else grab a hold of this train as it leaves? Look at the train of souls saved by God Almighty today. Woo! Am I crazy for thinking there's there's that which one is one more in here? I won't prolong it. At this moment we're going to play the last song and I'll open this altar. You know this is just blocking some wood and some things like that. A couple of old sinners up here who've been redeemed by God, but I ask that you today, if nothing else, come and ask the Spirit of God to fill you, to move you, and to absolutely show you where you need to go. What do you need to do at this altar today? I open it up so that we would seek His Please come. Praise God. Please come.